Hey, welcome. Glad to have you with us. It is, uh, well, it's disturbing because, well, we can't see the forest for the trees. Coming up in a few minutes, uh, probably around 20 after, calls for humans to stop having children. <laughs> oh, Lord. Uh, and Buffalo, New York is going to sue the gun industry. God, these people are crazy. That will hit before the uh, top of the uh, of the hour. In the meantime, we can't see the forest for the trees. <clears throat> this omnibus bill has come through, and people get excited about, you know, we're spending a million dollars, a million five on monkey drool or whatever nonsense uh, goes into some pork program. Uh, in the country. If every legislator at the federal level, the House and the Senate, all 500 plus of them, each spent $5 million each on their districts or states, and let's make it $10 million for the senators, I would think they deserve an attaboy, a pat on the back. If that's all they spent, I would be thrilled. When you hear these stories about, you know, that, you know, million here, two million there, whatever that is, that pork barrel spending, know that that is just a teeny, weeny, tiny, itsy, bitsy fraction of the budget. Yeah, it gets us all excited. We all get angry about it. But it's about one or two percent of the budget. Now, when you're spending trillions of dollars, that's really minuscule. That's really tiny. This is a 4,155-page omnibus spending bill that we've just shoved down everybody's throat. 4,155 pages. How long would it take you to read that? You'd, with the amount of time they've got, they'd have to break that down. You'd have to have several people reading sections of it all at one time and hope that they catch what's in there so they can tell a legislator what they're voting for. That won't happen. You should be outraged. Uh, the Wall Street Journal has a great piece on this, and, and they point out... Uh, that uh, they should have been doing the budget all all year. Apparently, the January 6th committee used so many congressional resources that they didn't have any time to pass their normal spending bills. So instead, they're using this omnibus bill to finance the government. Now, I'm not opposed to having a military, and a strong defense. It, the best, you know, the, the best materials, equipment, training, manpower, I don't give a rodent's rectum about whether or not they're culturally appropriate, whether they're, uh, you know, the, uh, the appropriate number of Hispanics, blacks, whites, and, and everybody else is, I, I couldn't care less. You know what I want? I want the meanest, toughest sons of bitches that we can send into a fight. I want them trained with the best equipment they can have. 
I want them, in the event we get attacked, to be able to decimate our opponents. I don't want to spend money on somebody who suddenly decides, oh, I'm not really a guy, I'm a girl. But the Pentagon spends money on that nonsense. And look how much money. Just think about how much money we're giving to Ukraine. They've already got $65 billion of your dollars. And they're going to get another $45 billion in new military and economic aid. That's your money. That's your, your children's money. Don't get upset about a million dollars on monkey drool. Get upset about everything else that's going on. Look at the big picture. We talked yesterday about the national debt. About 45 seconds, uh, every 45 seconds, they're dropping a million bucks. We're at $31,447 billion in debt right now. And you know what? That's not really the debt. That's not really the debt. You see, we have promised money to retirees in the, in the form of health care and in the form of uh, Social Security. We've got these promises. Here, look at it this way. Here, you got, you got a deficit. Let's do it in terms of home. Because it, it, it's easier to understand. You make $100,000, you spend $110,000, that means you've got a $10,000 deficit. But if you've been doing this for, say, three years, you've got a $30,000 debt. The deficit adds to the debt. Every year that we run a deficit, we increase the debt. So that's part of, you know, that... $31 trillion that we owe. That's real debt that we accumulate on an annual basis. But there's another debt, and that is the money we've promised to send out to people over the course of the next several years that we don't have. So we're not paying for that debt yet. That money is not out there yet. But we owe it, and that's in excess of $100 trillion. Vince Colbert has a great piece in the Wall Street Journal. How much Washington really owes? $100 trillion. Unfunded entitlements more than twice as large as the official national debt. The problem is growing. You spend a, you spend a, a million dollars on monkey drool? Good for you. That's fine. Let's look at the big picture. We're not seeing the forest for the trees here. Maybe it's a great way to wake people up to the fact that we've got a national debt, but it's not solving the big problem. Non-defense discretionary spending, and this is from Rosa Delorio. She's the appropriations chair. $800 billion, 9.3% increase. The highest level, she says, for non-defense funding ever. And then the Wall Street Journal points this out too. The Republicans are bragging. I mean, I watch Mitch McConnell on TV tell us that he cut back funding for the Internal Revenue Service. Now, let's see just how effective the Republicans in the Senate were uh, at defunding uh, the IRS. 
Uh, they just got $80 billion in August. $80 B billion in August. H how much money did he call back? $275 million. That's how much. And he's taking a bow. The Republicans are, 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 are you know, doing a uh, victory lap here. Now, what else is in this nonsense? Well, how about oversight on horse racing? Do you really think Thomas Jefferson ever envisioned that his, his new republic would be in control and have oversight over horse racing? I, I don't think so. Or lobster regulations, because that's in there too. This is the real problem. Not that little bit of pork spending. That doesn't bother me. I'm not happy about it, but that, that ain't it. What really bothers me is the trillions and trillions of dollars. Right now, this is not the 100 trillion. This is just the 31 trillion plus. If you work and you're a taxpayer and you wanted to pay this off, you'd have to go to the bank and borrow 248 $248,582. If every one of us does that, we could pay this debt off. Most of us can't get that loan. We're in trouble. We are in trouble. We're going over the cliff. 874-9390, toll-free 800 Five two nine five five seven two. Gary Nolan Show, Zimmer Radio Network. Twenty minutes after nine, and if you just turned the radio on, I just explained the the fiscal cliff and where it is and why it is. I explained the deficit. I explained the debt. I told you how much money was or what percent of the budget was pork, somewhere somewhere around one to one point five percent, and how much of it was big government. I explained how it's going to continue to go up. And now I've got a question for you, because you and I are in control of the government. We're supposed to be in control of the government. So how do you think we can control the debt? Brian and I are chatting during the break about how, uh, how helpless he feels. He's watching this unfold, everything that I explained, and he feels absolutely helpless. So my question to you is, how do you think we get this under control? What can you do as a voter? What can you do as someone who is literally in control of who runs the country to change the trajectory that we're going on? And we'd better get on it. We'd better do it pretty quickly because there will be a point of no return. You know how the global warming people always tell you, oh, Armageddon happens if we don't stop this by 2022, 2018, 2011, 1998. Well, fiscal Armageddon is coming. And it will, we will get to a point where this is not solvable. So you are in control. You and me, we are in control. You and I, I am in control. 
what can you do differently? Because whatever we've been doing hasn't been working. What can you do? What can you see on the horizon? What chance do you have of changing the direction we're going? Jared sent me a message. The Republicans voting in this omnibus bill is exactly why they're losing, and they will keep losing. It's not because of Trump. It's because Republicans like Mitch Mitch McConnell. I used to just vote straight Republican. Now I only vote for America First Republicans. I won't even claim to be a Republican anymore because they're spineless cowards. Uh, Let's see. Anson just sent me a message. Your opening monologue today was the best of the year. You've been focusing on the little stuff a lot this year. The big debt is where it's at. Keep this up. It was better than Ron Paul's rant on the Fed. Thank you. That's, That's high praise. All right, let me go grab some phone calls here. James, welcome to the program. How are you? Oh, I'm doing well, Gary. Thanks for having me. Uh, so, entertaining show as always. Well, thank you, sir. What what can you do? Because it is you and me. We are the ones. We we vote. We put people in control. What can you do differently that you think might be a solution to this debt that we're facing? Well, if I were king of the world, I would start with two constitutional amendments. One would eliminate the the commerce clause because that is how they do all of this stuff. Um, it's uh, uh, and national defense, um, the commerce clause, the, the ability to regulate interstate commerce is what gives the government the perceived authority to do all of this. Yeah, here, let me let me clarify something. Because yeah. it isn't the Commerce Clause that is the problem. The Commerce Clause st- clearly states that it is to keep commerce regular between the several states. The problem is the reinterpretation of the Commerce Clause by the Supreme Court when a wheat farmer in Ohio was growing wheat for use on his own farm and the Roosevelt administration went after him and said, you can't do that because we're trying to control farm prices. It was that misinterpretation to aid Roosevelt that has perverted the Commerce Clause. You want the Commerce Clause. You don't want okay. you don't want to send a product that you make in Missouri into Kansas and have Kansas go, well, we're going to put a tariff on that because it was made in Missouri. Well, if we treated the states uh, as independent entities, as I think we should for many, many purposes, it might not be bad because then Missouri wheat... You know, people in Missouri will buy Missouri wheat. People in Kansas will buy Kansas wheat. And if they need it uh, in other uh, states, then there would, they would not have the tariff. But, um, you know, I understand what you're saying, Gary, but it is the reinterpretation of it. It is not the actual text. Right. But the other, the other thing that I would propose is another constitutional amendment that forbids the government to spend more money than what they take in in any fiscal year. Okay. Well, because that would that would be good. Do you do you envision the Democrats ever getting on board with that? I don't envision the Republicans ever getting on board with it. So, what can you do as a voter that is different? The only thing that I can do is vote, you know, for every Libertarian or Constitution Party candidate that I can find. That's all I can do personally, because I believe Libertarians—they're uh, very fiscally conservative, uh, more so than the actual Republicans. Uh, they seem to have their head wrapped around this anymore. But as a voter, that's 
all I can do unless I get enough money like Grover Norquist and uh, make uh, make people sign a pledge that they will not vote for any bill that increases the federal debt. Interesting. Uh, all right. All right, James, thank you for the call, buddy. Appreciate it. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. Timothy, we're in control. We are really the ones who are supposed to be in control. What can we do? The key word you used there was supposed to be in control. We are not in control. It's a self-fulfilling... They, they, they're like whores on a... I don't know. Anyway, they're, they're, they, they cannot control themselves. But the problem is everybody wants to take care of their own quote-unquote district or area or state or whatever. We don't see the big picture, and we're never going to. It's not going to happen. I don't think there's anything we can do about it. I will try to vote the people in that I think will help me or help the country. I, I mean, I, the thing about they're all selfish, narcissist people, and, and they think about what it's going to do for them. And they're, we got to see the bigger picture, but no one does. They're well, I'm so narrow-minded. Sure. I'm not sure you're seeing the bigger picture. You know, if somebody wants to run for office in Missouri and promise to bring uh, $5 million to the state, that's peanuts. I mean, that is No, nothing. but listen, I, I, don't, don't tell me I don't understand what's going on. I mean, you, that's kind of arrogant on your part. Now, the problem with it is we don't have control. We don't. We're a representative republic. But they do not represent the Constitution and our, the people. They are a self-fulfilling prophecy. They will take care of themselves until we can burn down D.C., clear the swamp, whatever. It's not going to happen. But most of the rights need to be brought back to the state. Now, we can control the states better than we can the federal. And that's where we are. We are citizens of the state of Missouri, not the United States. We are sovereign citizens of the state of Missouri. But we have no control. I'm sorry, Gary. We have no control. Well, how would you get control? It, it, it won't you... ever happen because their they're talons, the federal talons are so deep in this country that when we're, uh, we're I'm a state rights person, I'm a, a constitutionalist, but they are so entrenched. They're not going to let go. They're not going to let go, Gary. So if you vote the same way all the time, you know, Roy Blunt has had year uh, term after term after term, and you know, I, I I did a survey a couple of weeks ago, and he was not held in particularly high esteem. We're doing well, something wrong with the people we're voting for, don't you think? Well, yeah, but we need some options. But yet, it's it's a it's an uphill battle for the average person who's not a D A M N politician. It's just it's so it's 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 an uphill battle, and I don't think we're going to win it. I really don't. I'm not negative. I'm just a realist. And people don't want to hear what realists think. Yeah, they don't, do they? They don't want to hear it. No, All right. Thank Timothy, you. thank you for the call. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. They don't. People don't want to hear it. They don't want to know the truth. I keep thinking of that, that line in that movie. Uh, you can't handle the truth. Well, most Americans can't. You're listening to The Gary Nolan Show on the Zimmer Radio Network. This is The Gary Nolan Show. Brian, we got to play that. <clears throat> we got to play that. It's not on my list. I hadn't intended to do this. So I'm sort of calling an audible again. 
but this needs to be played. Uh, by the way, did you see Tim Robbins, uh, the the progressive leftist actor, talking about mask wearing and and uh, vaccine mandates? No, I missed that. Yeah, he you know he originally was all in, and he was. Uh, you know, going to call people out who didn't wear the masks and who, you know, weren't isolating and all this stuff. And then he saw what was going on and he said, I was wrong. And he apologized. Wow. Yeah. I wonder if Eric the Liberal will call and apologize. <laughs> I don't know. Don't halt your breath. No, don't do that. Uh, 874-9390, toll free numbers 800 Five two nine five five seven two. We've been talking about the national debt and where the real money is uh, that's driving the country under, and what you can do to try and save the republic. And my, the whole point of this exercise was most people don't know where the money is going. They don't understand how futile it is to do what we've been doing, and how we need to start giving up on this. Oh, the other guy's going to get in if I do the right thing. If you don't do the right thing, if you don't vote for the right person, if you don't vote for somebody who's principled, we will continue down this road. You need look no further than this omnibus bill that that the Republicans and the Democrats are shoving down our throats. 4,000 plus pages. Rand Paul brought it out, had to roll it out on a cart. It was so damn big. That should not happen in your country. It should not. All right, I, I got to play this. Um, Brian actually uh, uh, pointed it out to me. You know that I've been uh, complaining about these battery-powered cars and what a terrible deal they are and all of the problems that are uh, uh, beginning to manifest as the result of this. Uh, Business Insider has a story. Auto executives losing faith in electric cars. Auto executives aren't as confident in electric car adoption as they once were. They're largely blaming their concerns on all sorts of market dynamics and supply chain snafus rather than consumers. In a survey of more than 900 auto industry execs, uh, they found that respondents think at best 37% of new vehicle sales could be electric by 2030. It's going to be even worse than that. But listen uh, to this uh, this piece. This is uh, a, re- a representative out of California, no less, who is making some really good points that these green activists don't get because they're literally boxing themselves into a corner. If they have their way between mining and drilling, we're going to be back on horseback. Listen to this. On the one hand, you want to mandate not only electric cars, but industrial-scale backup batteries for wind and solar farms, all in the name of saving the planet. Yet, on the other hand, you want to radically restrict mining, also in the name of saving the planet. Well, you can't do both. You, you've been moderately successful at, at mandating electric cars. Uh, the California bureaucrats have just imposed such a mandate on Californians over the next decade. About 3% of vehicle sales are now electric, so congratulations, only 97% more to go. And we don't need to get into a discussion today about where you think the electricity 
for your electric cars is going to come from. About 80% of our electricity still comes from the very fossil fuels that you're waging war against, and you're creating devastating shortages by doing that. We'll, we'll save that for another day. But let's just look at the mining requirements. In order to meet your electric car mandates, specifically a six-fold increase in demand over the next decade, we're going to need 384 additional graphite, lithium, nickel, and cobalt mines by 2035, according to industry forecasts. Expensive recycling mandates will only reduce this number to 336 new mines that we're going to need. In fact, according to the uh, International Energy Agency, an electric car requires six times the mineral inputs of a comparable internal combustion vehicle. Six times the mining to produce a comparable car. And of course, copper is a critical component in this technology, and copper is what you're trying to shut down in the matter before us today. If it is your contention that the mining required to produce electric cars is a threat to the environment, then you are also admitting that the electric cars that require it are a threat to the environment. Can't you see how foolish and self-destructive and absurdly contradictory these policies have become? Can't you see yet the damage that you're doing not only to the environment but to people's lives? As you make it harder and harder to mine the components to meet your mandates, the expense of those materials rises dramatically. We're already seeing that at the gas pump and in our utility bills. And it's not just electricity, it's everything these minerals could be used for if they were more efficiently applied. When something is scarce, it becomes expensive. You're making all of the things that we depend upon for our quality of life more scarce and therefore more expensive. You're fixated on, on a one-degree rise of global temperatures over the next century, but you couldn't care less that you're making it financially impossible for many people to heat their homes in sub-freezing winters. Europe's now reverting to burning wood to survive this winter. This is not going to end well for humanity, and it's not going to end well for your party as more and more people connect the dots between your policies and the conditions that they're now suffering. You need to stop this. The resolution before us will at least shed some light on the inexplicably absurd decision that your administration made to unilaterally thwart a bipartisan legislative act and to impede one of the most important copper mines in America. And, and frankly, you need this information more than we do because maybe it will dissuade you from continuing with the childish fantasies and the self-destructive policies that you are going to be held accountable for, both by voters and by history. Wow, that is powerful stuff. 874-9390, toll-free 800-529-5572. Um, there's a, a, a caller who was on the line earlier said, I already burned my call for the day, but I want to get this in. A man named Alexander Tyler said a democracy cannot exist as a permanent form of government. It can only exist until the majority discovers it can vote uh, itself largesse out of the public treasury. And that's all that is, is true and accurate. But we don't have a democracy. We are supposed to be living in a republic. In a republic, you've got rules and regulations. It's called the Constitution. And we have changed our form of government by allowing senators as well as uh, members of the House to get elected based on what they can provide that's outside the constitutional mandates of the doctrine of enumerated powers. 
So he was right, but it's not supposed to be. Uh, the founding fathers knew this. He said, we, uh, it's already, we're already over the cliff. All we can do is ride it to the bottom. No, we can start a movement and start putting people in office that will, res- that will you know, embrace the truth. Uh, Les, uh, welcome. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. How are you? Gary, you know I love you so much. You eventually get there. You get eventually get there. Uh, I want to talk about the electric cars, but if we want to talk about a democracy, states are a democratic republic, the, the 50 states. The democracy is the 10-mile square of D.C. That is the true democracy. That is not even part of the 50 states. That is a corporation. They are a true democracy. That is corporation. It is our educational system that has made us so stupid, so stupid. Our Federal Reserve is a private business. Our money system is based on a private business that dictates us. We are headed for the bottom. 2008 was the last hope of turning this around. Electric vehicles are planned obsolescence. You, they never will last. You got to continually charge them up. It's a fool's dream. And you accuse me of being hard get uh, slow <laughs> to get to the point. All right, Les, thank you for the call. Up against the clock. Quick break. We'll be back. Gary Nolan, Zimmer Radio Network. It's uh, it's nine forty nine. Glad to have you with us. Glad to be with you. Eight seven four ninety three ninety toll free numbers eight hundred five two nine five five seven two. Uh, Brian, what was your? Did you have a follow up on the battery powered car thing? Oh, you asked me whether or not there's anything that that congressman said was incorrect. And yeah, no, you know, I was not. listening to it, and I usually, uh, when I listen to these videos, I try to listen as a person that is trying to understand. Is he just trying to bolster his argument? Is he telling any misinformation? Yada yada yada. And I couldn't find anything that was infactual that he was saying. Could you? Nope. Everything he said was true. And you you don't want them to drill and you don't want them to mine, but you want them to make battery... Come on. I mean, just... What's left? Horseback? I don't know. I mean, how would they counter his arguments? Would they say, well, we... The planet is in an emergency, so we have to do something. And this is what we're doing. So you're going to do it anyway? Well, yeah, that's like saying a dead man's curve is dangerous. We have to do something, so let's spread some Vaseline on the road. Uh, That doesn't help. (laughs) It it just hurts. Look, we don't have a problem, uh, and and we've been hearing this forever. Oh, we're going to have Armageddon. The planet's going to cook, and everybody's going to die. And it never, ever happens. Come on, progressives. Flippin' wake up. It ain't happening. And, and the idea that you could suddenly get rid of probably the most energy-packed uh, resource that the world has to offer, which is carbon fuel, and replace it with a battery is just plain, it's just plain idiotic. I mean, it literally, it is moronic to believe that. Uh, let me go get a phone call here. Mike is on the line. Mike, welcome. How are you? Hey, pretty good, sir. Hey, real quick. Uh, I, got, I tell you what, I think term limit 
and holding the voters to uh, uh, what what we elected them to do is uh, uh, one way of uh, uh, stopping the uh, uh, keeping an eye on the spending. And about five o'clock, uh, two or three days ago, on Channel Two, I think uh, St. Louis or KY Three, um, there was thirteen or fifteen new Republican little newbies, state reps or whoever they were, uh, showed up in uh, Washington, and it's in the news. They're throwing one heck of a fit about how the other uh, Republicans are voting, and it's like, well, I, that's a good deal. I, I'm, I'm all for them, but they'll be shut down. But I think it needs to be put in the paper somewhere where other people, a, a lot of us that don't have computers or, and do stuff like that, where they can be held responsible for how they vote, and like I said, a term limit, and, and, and I'm, I'm done on that one. The other morning, I woke up, and I just jumped up out of bed when I heard California had an earthquake, and then I just found out it was a little spot, and it wasn't the whole state sliding off in the ocean, and then, then I turned the channel to, to, to the cartoons and stuff like that. But anyway, <laughs> I, I, you know, I thought hopefully, and it wouldn't bother me the West Coast, but here's one last uh, little thing I want to throw in there. Um, everybody, the, the whole January 6th thing, my prediction is you're going to see more than that. You didn't have a bunch of guys running around with tattoos, skinheads, Nazis, and da-da-da. You had a lot of women a lot of military, doctors, lawyers. You're, I, my prediction, you're going to see more of that instead of racial uh, big fights between uh, uh, nationalities in this country in the, in the future. But, I mean, we had 1776, the Boston Tea Party. We, there's been so many of those, but this government people are getting tired of and the republicans are just as dirty as the democrats and we got to weed through them the one caller that called in and said yes uh, they want to take care of their little community. They're the, everybody's out. The old term in Washington is if you leave Washington broke, you're too stupid to be here. <laughs> yeah, as we say in the gun show, that's uh, dumber than stupid. All right. Yeah. Thanks, Thanks Mike. Thank you. Thanks. Uh, glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. Uh, the discussion about our department uh, should have been brought up by a midterm. What is this discussion about our our debt? Oh, that's I, I see. Uh, should have been brought up before the midterm elections. Doesn't make a difference. It really doesn't. It, it, if I can awaken some of you, uh, maybe the word starts to spread. If you can be principled and convince others to be principled. If you can point out to them where we're headed in this country, if we don't start putting people in charge who will do the right thing, we're in trouble. I mean, when you've got Congress people, Republicans, who won't vote for the read the bills or write the laws or the one subject at a time act, then you've got to understand that they don't really care. They're not really interested in reducing spending they're interested in remaining in power and taking advantage of whatever money they can as the result of it. You can't be a real conservative and resist and argue that conservative uh, 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 legislation is, uh, is somehow bad uh, and, and not, uh, not worth voting for. That's a hypocrite if there ever was one. We got some... Uh, work going on outside here. Hope that doesn't uh, interrupt you. Uh, calls for humans to stop having children. Literally, 
This is where the global argument, the global warming argument is going. <clears throat> it is absolutely pathetic. Uh, but this is what these people think. They think that you and your children are some kind of a bacterial uh, 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 invasion of the globe. Several media outlets and talking heads have encouraged parents to rethink having children because human beings, even small ones like kids, risk polluting the world and causing global climate destruction. Jeffrey Clark writes this over at Fox News. You, news and op-ed headlines have come out in this unabashed uh, support of having few or even zero children over the years. Uh, NBC News, <clears throat> uh, science proves kids are bad for the earth. Morality suggests we stop having them. Another headline from The Guardian uh, in uh, 2017 declared that the answer to saving the planet was simple. Want to save the planet? Have fewer children. Or as one New York Times writer asked in 2021, to breed or not to breed? That is the question. A climate reporter passed a similar question to parents and parents-in-waiting in, uh, in a Washington Post analysis uh, this month. Should you not have kids because of climate change? That was the question. What is the point of any of this if, if there's no human being around to, to live on it? I mean, this is just, in the minds of these people, you know, put this in perspective, in the minds of these radical environmentalists, if we don't exist, the globe is perfect. And they want the globe to be perfect so we shouldn't exist. Well, what good is it then? Literally, what, are they the only ones that get to exist? The rest of us have to, you know, go extinct? It, 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 it's like saving for nobody. It's just, it's ignorant. But that's what progressives, I think, are. Very quickly, let me get Andy in here before I run out of time. Andy, go for it. Uh, Andy, hang on. I'll tell you what. i gotta, I got to put you on hold. I've only got about 10 seconds. We'll come back and uh, grab your call and others. Uh, you can get me at GaryNolan.com. Send me a message. We don't put cookies in. You don't have to sign up. You just fill it out, send it in. It pops up. It's the Gary Nolan Show on the Zimmer Radio Network. This is the Gary Nolan Show 